This week on the podcast, it's slim pickings racing news-wise, so I talk with Joshua Kerr from the Twitter community. Here's a sports writer for The Raw. Uh, shout out to Jawad, uh, who is also a writer for the great publication The Raw. Uh, Joshua is a podcaster with his own podcast called Sportaholic, and as you'll tell, he is a very passionate sports fan. Enjoy, and let's get into it. Hello and welcome to Regen, the e-racing podcast. I am your host, Dino, and joining me, Joshua Kerr, sports writer from The Hello, War. Everybody. Hello, everybody. I cut in there. That wasn't good. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. How are you this morning? I'm all right. Thanks very much, Dean. Good, good. Uh, thank you for making the time to come on. I know the time difference is uh, quite a big thing, as I am based in New Zealand, and uh, you're in the UK, of course. Yeah, it's uh, currently half nine in the morning here. <laughs> half nine in the morning. Well, um, I guess, uh, would you normally be at work if it wasn't for uh, the circumstances in the world at the moment? Uh, I well, it's the Easter holidays at the moment. I would still be in sixth form. I'd probably still be revising for my exams, but they've been cancelled, of course, because of the coronavirus and lockdown and whatnot. Right. Okay. So you you would be busy otherwise, but uh, yeah, that's great that you can uh, join me uh, this evening. So uh, let's get into the show. Firstly, I want to give a shout out to Drillers Esports. Uh, they were at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway uh, in the pro category, Lappins P13, Williams P16 and uh, DNF for both uh, Zuba and uh, Henry Sinek. And in the academy, Robbins with a P2. So congratulations there. Uh, Palasek, where's Bicky? Rusinak and Reed, uh, a little bit down the order, Palasek P6, uh, where's Bicky in P9, which is great from him, uh, Rusinak P13 and Reed with a DNF, very unlucky there. So Josh, I'm not sure if you know much about the podcast or uh, what we do, but we do something called Media of the Week. So this is uh, either something you've listened to, watched, uh, heard, um, we've been having quite a few music ones of late, uh, but hopefully you have one for us. Yes, I do. I've got one lined up. Excellent. Oh, you want me, do you want me to go with that? <laughs> yep, yep. Okay. You tell us about it. Okay. I've, um, well, first of all, because I thought, hmm, not really sure what to pick. I thought I'd go with music because um, with TV and stuff, because I made my decision yesterday so if there was something on tv last night i'd suddenly go yeah i'll put that in so i went for music and i picked uh, the chats uh the, their new album high risk behavior they're a punk rock band from the sunshine coast in queensland they actually call it shed rock which i think is quite cool and um it's a, a 14 track album it's only half an hour but um they, each track's quite short, and uh, I don't know whether I don't know if the intention is it's supposed to be funny, but I I 
get a, a laugh out of it, which um, it makes me happy, and that's quite good. Well, we need a bit of a lift in this time. Absolutely. I did listen to one track, and it was all about different alcohol. And I thought, oh, that's a bit interesting. It, it, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was quite funny, actually. Yeah. Um, having, having pints of Guinness in the morning and all those sort of things, yeah. It's, it's pretty not my sort of music. But again, uh, very, very cool and definitely, definitely worth a listen. It's not really my sort of music, but I just heard one track on something I was listening to and I found it. I put it in my playlist and it's been on my playlist for a while. Nice. Very cool. Uh, Okay. My media of the week, I am playing through Far Cry 3 again. Uh, I didn't get very far last time. But it is a brilliant game. And I'll just quickly talk about the opening because it is, I mean, it is a a bit of a masterpiece, really. So the game opens up and you are in this cage. But before then, you are basically on holiday with a group of friends. Um, But then it cuts to this psycho uh, guy who's captured you and you get away um, and then there's like a chase scene in the forest and you're running and I mean it is brilliant brilliantly done so yeah I, I'm, I'm currently playing through that uh, and I'm also watching Westworld um, I'm sure some of you out there will also be watching Westworld if you haven't seen it uh, go and check that out as well have you seen Westworld? No I haven't seen Westworld I'm not really a big TV watcher normally because of because normally when I was at sixth form I just didn't really want to commit to anything because yeah sometimes there's like sudden changes you get essays lots of essays at one time and you haven't really got the time to commit to a big series yeah that's all good and of course Formula One watching lots of Formula One and old races and whatnot So we'll move into the news and Formula E has partnered with UNICEF. So Formula E partners with UNICEF to support global coronavirus appeal and to keep children around the world safe, healthy and learning in the face of the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, The hashtag race against COVID. So this partnership will focus on keeping children around the world healthy and learning in the face of this coronavirus with funds being directed at projects such as the contributing to remote learning programs and the supply of essential protective equipment for hospital staff and care workers on the front line. So this initiative, absolutely brilliant. Um, and it's good to see that in the face of this global pandemic that Formula E is doing something um, with their reach and helping you know, this disruption around the globe uh, in any way that they can. So... Uh, really good from them. Uh, that was off the official Formula E website, so uh, go and have a read of that. So also, now let's move into uh, the general chat. So firstly, Josh, uh, your podcast, Sportaholic, what is it about? Obviously, a lot of different sports, but um, yeah, what, what, do you, what do you talk about mostly in Sportaholic? Um, well... Normally, of course, because at the moment there's not much sport to talk about because of the lockdown, but normally it'll be mainly Formula One because that's my main sport that I watch. Uh, So if you're a Formula One fan, you'll be in the right place. 
uh, maybe some cricket chat sneaked in as well, which um, may be uh, a good thing if you're English and maybe not if you're uh, not English sometimes, depending on what's going on. And then, of course, whenever we've got an Olympics or a World Cup, we'll have a focus on that, those big sporting events that we all love. Right. Uh, Formula One. So I love Formula One. Uh, I've I've chatted to a couple of Formula One podcasters and we've, we've done a few things like uh, having the Formula E drivers, which ones deserve a shot in Formula One. And, and there's been some really cool discussion around that. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Formula One. So um, and, and I've got to say the podcast, I really I recognize that it takes a lot as a solo podcaster to be able to talk into the microphone. Uh, I've tried it a couple of times on this podcast earlier and I've, I've done a pretty poor job, but um, yeah, uh, I've got a great respect for solo podcasters. Um, Formula one, who, who is your favorite driver? If you've got one. Uh, Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen is my favorite one. If any, anybody who, who knows me, in some way or another, we'll know that I'm a Max Verstappen fan. Right. So uh, Max is obviously number one. Do you uh, Red Bull is obviously the 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 favoured team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some t- because um, my mate and I like Lando Norris as well. So there's a little bit of love for McLaren as well, but it's mainly Red Bull. Yeah, I've got to say, McLaren's sort of one of those teams where if it's not your first team, it's sort of mostly always your second team. And it, it just, uh, and Williams. But um, I've got to say, McLaren have some top line drivers now and um, in Science and Norris, obviously. Where do you think they can get if Formula One starts back this season? Where do you think McLaren will be? Uh, I think they should be aiming for best of the rest. I'm not sure whether they can make the leap to the top three under the current regulations. Um, I'm not. I'm not really sure about the new regulations. Of course, with the new regulations being delayed now, um, that makes it even more difficult to predict. But I think if McLaren can go best of the rest again, then that will be a good result for them. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And are you looking forward to the Renault partnership? Obviously, Ricardo and Ocon. How do you think they'll get on together? It's, uh, can I say, it's like, um, I, I tweeted about this when I replied to you. It's like the first day back at school when you kind of are trying to remember the stuff you probably should remember. So my knowledge is a bit rusty because it's been a while. I'll just say that. But uh, with with Renault... Um, I mean, Ocon, if he if he's going to perform as well as we saw him at Racing Point, it's really nice to see him back in Formula One. I think he'll be able to give Ricardo a run for his money. Um, but it depends if Renault have a season like last year. It was a bit on off where they'd have good weekends where they'd be solidly in the points, and then some weekends where they'd be out of the points and not doing very well. It's that kind of thing with the midfield. And uh, we saw of Ricardo last season um, in Singapore, I remember, where he was just making diving overtakes into turn four and then ended up taking 
bits of front wing with him and then having to pit. It's stuff like that. It depends on Ricardo's aggression, depends on whether he'll get up through the field. Yeah, I guess um, Ricardo used to a car that probably had a lot more downforce. You could maybe just chuck it up the inside. The Renault, not so much. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be interesting to see what steps they take. Um, I did have a message on a Facebook uh, Formula E group, and there was some talk about potentially uh, going to Silverstone or Brands Hatch in Formula E. Formula E obviously doesn't really doesn't race on traditional circuits, but um, would you like to see that? Um, or is it not really something that uh, would spin your wheels compared to going to Formula One in Silverstone? Um, well, the the Formula E cars are slower than the Formula One cars, so I I actually don't know how the lap would be around there. It would probably be over two minutes if they go the full Grand Prix circuit. So that could be a thing to bear in mind. Um, I don't know if that would affect anything. But it doesn't really follow the the formula that I know where you go to the city centres and take your sustainability message with it. Uh, that's always what it's been for me. So I think it would be a bit strange to take Formula E to what is essentially a airfield in the middle of uh, Northamptonshire. Yeah, and uh, Brands Hatch, do you think it could work there? I, I, I suppose it's the same argument as Silverstone. I mean, there's there's nothing to say that it won't work because it's racing and the Formula E, the Formula e drivers always give us a good race anyway, I'm sure, if they're on Silverstone and Brands Hatch. But um, I would prefer it to be in cities, really. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that might be one of the harder things to bring back into Formula E uh, in, in the short term, especially. So um, obviously they've got sponsors and... Uh, a lot of different parties to keep happy um, and uh, getting it on TV. And um, yeah, I think it's it's probably going to be difficult to have it in city centres this year, potentially. They might have a problem with um, London, I know, definitely, because um, they're currently using the Excel Centre, which they were going to use as the season finale originally under the original calendar that's been turned into a hospital so of course that's out of the question really for the coming months and then transforming it back from the temporary hospital to um the exhibition center um cool so are you an esports fan we'll move into that um obviously um we have the link of the drillers esports um and i've been talking with Chris about watching a few other series from the race, uh, the official F1 and uh, Veloce. Have you been following any of these, Josh? Uh, I've I've gone into esports now because there's no actual racing, but I watched the race on the opening weekend. I haven't really been following that. Um, I have gone into the Supercars esports series now, uh, the Virgin Australia Supercars. Uh, that started last week. Ah, right. They race on iRacing, ra- and they've got all the drivers from the Supercars Championship doing that. 
and uh, that that's brilliant. If if you watch the the first weekend, uh, especially the race in Monza, that was absolute chaos at turn one going into the chicane. Yeah, uh, myself, I haven't really watched a lot apart from Formula Sim racing. So I I had a look at the Gran Turismo uh, World Series, and that was quite cool. Um, but uh, I haven't had a chance to check out the supercars as yet, so I might have to to get on that. Also, uh, as as I've I've been talking about over last podcasts, Marbula One. Have you been watching Marbula One? I have not been watching Marbula One. Okay. Do you know about marble racing? Uh, I've I heard a little bit about it on um, your last podcast. But uh, I don't really know that much about it. It's 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 a real hoot. It is just so much fun. Uh, the the tracks are really uh, how do I describe them? Real funky little tracks, and this qualifying quite high production value, and it's even been on ESPN. So it is. It's really they've made cool. it. <laughs> they have made it absolutely. Um, so, spoilers, uh, the Savage Speeders with Speedy took out the championship. Uh, my favorite team is the Hazers. And um, if you are into marble racing, then there is and have popped up marble racing podcasts. So I will link a couple in the show notes because they are really fun. Um, and these <laughs> podcasts, they don't come at it as something uh fun and quirky they're really serious about how they talk about the marbles so it is from a very considered and serious point of view that these are you know beings that can change their behavior (laughs) oh i do i do like that that's that that is that is brilliant and it's a nice thing really um to just treat it like it why shouldn't we be treating marble racing like it's a regular sport you know it's a nice thing as well yeah i think uh, there was a company that also you could bet on it the be- the betting companies have to have to get involved if it's getting popular that's my cynical view <laughs> yep uh and also i've been checking out 3d bot maker diecast rally uh there's been a couple of articles uh, i think drive tribe has an article out on the 3D Bot Maker Racing Rally series. That is another one that's really cool to watch. And it, it's the production value on that is absolutely brilliant. So 3D and uh, 2D, they are great hosts. Quite funny, actually. Um, and I, I recommend that fully as well. Is there is there, is there anything else uh, you would like to talk about just in general that you've got saved up for a podcast that you'd like to ask me or um, just about Formula E in general? Anything? Uh, well, I was probably going to get more into Formula E as the season went on, but of course the, the series got... Um, postponed and suspended with um the coronavirus outbreak uh it's a bit funny with some of the time zones uh, especially with the american races so it can be a bit difficult to follow sometimes um yeah yeah i get that 
there's a few clashes with Formula One, which is a bit annoying as well sometimes, especially when we get into the European season. Yes, yep, that does happen a bit. But um, yeah, they they try their best. Obviously, you've got DTM and um, WEC as well yeah. to deal with um, because it's yeah smack bang in uh, that season as well. Very very soon um, into that season, and then you've got drivers like uh, Brendan Hartley and um, who else? Nico. M- well, is Nico Muller doing DTM still? Probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of drivers that do both. I know Sam Bird is in the Ferrari as well, and yeah, it's uh, it is a bit of a mission, I'm sure. I'm yeah, because I'm not. I do what I love watching it. It's a great series, but I'm not as into it as I am Formula One. So I I know I know the drivers. I can get uh, the gist of it, but at the end of the day, it's it's great racing, and I love to sit down and watch it when I can. What do you think of attack mode? Cool or gimmick? I mean, it's it's cool in terms of the strategy it creates because, of course, um, there's no pit stops uh, now. So, uh, and yeah, attack modes, attack modes are a great thing. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a gimmick. It's kind of like DRS in Formula One, but just for four minutes of more power. Now, I have to say, uh, I. At the at the start of when attack mode was introduced, I sort of thought about it and thought, nah, that can't work that great. But after a couple of absolutely stellar races, you had to really take your head off to Formula E with such a great initiative. And um, I don't think in the start they explained it very well. But once you get the hang of it of what's happening... Um, the strategy behind it is just immense and without pit stops, um, which probably a good thing that they went um, with more safety concerns uh, as, as you're, you know, you're racing to to change cars. Um, and obviously there is a little bit of a disadvantage to the taller drivers. They can't mm. just, you know, they're not very Sam Bird-esque. Uh, they can't just quickly out jump from one car to the next in belts on and away uh it does take a little bit more for them to hop out and hop in the cars so yeah i think it's a great a great thing and i hope it stays for quite a few more seasons but as as well as only having one car it's um it's a show of the um progression of um electric motors and um the development so you can have um, a battery that will last the, the full race. And I think that's uh, good as well as with the electric cars as well, uh, with extending battery ranges now as much as possible. Yes, I, I think my wife is waiting until we can drive to Nelson uh, from Christchurch, which is, is about five hours. So if we can drive five hours without charging... I think that's when she'll be sold. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can't afford a Tesla at the moment, which would probably almost get there. Uh, but hopefully they come down in price. Yeah, they should They should come down in price with... Because it's, because it's new, they have to... They always do it higher price for the early adopters and then it will start to come down as there's more cars in the market it's 
supply and demand, that kind of thing. So uh, you've been watching a little bit of Formula E. Uh, there's been a few races now, five. Who do you think will win the championship? Oh, don't ask me questions like that. H- however, however this championship looks after we get back racing. Oh, <laughs> um, oh, this is terrible because I'm now trying to I'm now trying to think what happened to the last because of all this lockdown. It felt, March felt like it was a year long or something, so it feels like ages ago when it was the last Formula E race. Um, I su- I suppose if I'm I'm going for the. I think it could be quite like a general thing, but um, I know DaCosta's doing well. Yeah, he's doing very well. So I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't put it past it, but it's so unpredictable, Formula E, uh, that we could get to. Well, I mean, I don't know what the season's going to look like when we get back underway, but you can get to the final race of the season, and the person leading the championship at the beginning doesn't always win at the end of the race, so. It's one of those championships, and that's the beauty of it, really, that it's so unpredictable. Well, I'll, I'll give you a bit of uh, perspective. So uh, the top eight, uh, re- really the top ten, are probably still in it. Sebastian Buemi might be a little bit far away with 27 points. Sam Bird, 29, 30, Oliver Rowland. Uh, Jean-Eric Verne, the reigning champion, 31 Eduardo Mortara is doing a stellar job with 32. Stoffel Van Dorn on 38. Also Degrassi on 38. 44. Maximilian Gunter. 46. Alexander Sims, his teammate. Mitch Evans, the Kiwi. Hashtag not bias. Uh, 56. And 67 points for Antonio Felix da Costa. So he, he's slowly eking out the margin. Uh, so it's an 11 point lead at the top. Um, and Diaz to Cheetah with an eight-point lead as well in the Drivers' Championship. So it is all to play for, but I think you're not going to see anyone from outside that 10 really going for it, and I can't really see anyone past Stoffel on 38 now. I think it was in Santiago. Was Did, did Max Gunter win that one, or am I mistaken on that? Uh, yes, yep. Maximilian Gunter. Yeah, because I was I was impressed with his um, racecraft in that, both his attacking and defending at the end as well. Yeah, I do remember watching it, but it was a it was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, that was quite good from Gunter with um, playing the long game. So uh, he knew that DaCosta was pushing too much and the battery was overheating. So uh, that was, yeah, some great strategy from BMW there. Uh, I have, I, I really have my hopes pinned on a Mitch Evans win, but I, I just, I think Chris thinks that the, the Panasonic Jaguar is going to do the business. Um, but DS and BMW do look pretty good. Um, the Audi's looking a little bit behind. Um, and a couple of other podcasts have sort of said that the Audi is is one of the the worst that they've ever produced out of you know the five seasons. Mm. So I I do I think Antonio is is the favourite now, but I guess it, it's it is either going to be Antonio or someone like Alexander Sims if he can get his mojo back from the start of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, um, I'm I'm not really best place to predict because I'm still really Formula E is one that I don't follow. It. It's just sort of I do follow it, but it's, if it's on, it's on that kind of sport. There's too many sports on the television. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. There's and there's a lot of good sport on the television. Um, but um, yeah, listeners, what do you think? Uh, once we get back racing and we know how many races there are remaining in the season, who is going to take it out? So send your predictions in. Uh, you can talk to us on at Regen Racing on Twitter or at Regen E Racing Pod on Instagram uh, and the website at regenracingpodcast.com. So I was just gonna I was just gonna say with the whole season thing, um, because with Formula One they haven't started it yet and they've got a bit of time of course the new Formula E season will start later this year so it's trying to see what they can do with that whether they need to delay the new season or I suppose it's like the football seasons in the UK um, normally finish in May starting in August Um, I think it's that kind of scenario they've got going on there yeah it could be interesting to see what they do um, and uh, the disruptions on on different racing series, um, and of course, um, we've got to also think about what that's going to look like for the junior racing series as well. Um, whether F two will continue this season, or yeah, lots of disruption. But um, thank you for listening to us. We can be found anywhere you get your podcasts. So uh, most of the time. We are on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher, uh, Pandora, etc. Thank you for listening to us. Um, If you would like to donate to the show on Red Circle, we have a donations page that you can go on, um, and it will go towards the artwork and the cost of keeping the website up and running. So, uh, Josh, where can we find you uh, all around the internet? Uh, on Twitter, I am at Joshua underscore T underscore Kerr. My profile picture is uh, a lovely drawing of the last year's Red Bull. Uh, you can find me um, on the Raw. My Raw page is www.theraw.com.au forward slash author forward slash Joshua dash Kerr. And uh, Sportaholic, um, I'm ho- I um, anchor host it, so that's on anchor.fm slash Sportaholic, but we're available on all the major podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, etc. Yep, there's plenty of platforms out there, so uh, most podcasts you can find anywhere. So yes, absolutely recommend Josh's podcast, Sportaholic. It is great uh, and lots of different sports are covered. So definitely go and give that a listen. Um, Shout out to Chris. Keep working hard, mate. uh, And hopefully you're back for the next one. Uh, And thank you, listener. Uh, Thank you for listening to us. And um, yeah, keep safe out there. All right, catch you later. Thanks, bye. Oh, bye. (laughs) 